Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Start Ed Up podcast. Today, we have on Keith Westman. He is the COO of a company called Otis. It's an educational support company. We get into a little bit about what Otis is, but we also get into, among my favorite conversations, this is one that is just fun. If Keith ever leaves the COO game, he's got at least a career in storytelling or stand-up comedian. Some of the best stories uh, I've heard, um, like fun caveat, if you're a fan of Maroon 5, stay tuned. Um, but Keith is one of those guys that is also passionate about education. We get into why teachers have such a high skill set and why people are recruiting teachers to leave, which is kind of sad and kind of, you know, is what it is. And we also get into a lot of other unique stories ranging everywhere from, like I said, Maroon 5 to you know, just life in general and the Smashing Pumpkins. So for those reasons, I know that you're thoroughly going to love this one. One time, though, I took some criticism that I am so conversational with my guests that I'm too chummy. Well, if you think that I'm too chummy, you're going to hate this one. If you enjoy good storytelling or if you enjoy a great conversation, then you're going to love this one. If you have some friends that are teachers that are feeling a little undervalued, might want to pass this one on to them. This one is a gem. All right, I will not gab any further. I'll get right to it. Let's meet Keith Westman. All right. Now we're joined by Keith Westman. Keith is the COO of Otis. Uh, and I, there are times, Keith, I wish I just press record. And so all the back stories and the before we record was, are on air. I was thinking the same thing. Like we were, I think we were talking for a good 20 minutes and I was like, oh, we should we should wait, record. Wait, we should. Actually, I got maybe my favorite compliment. Um, sometimes some people don't like the show, and sometimes they do. Sometimes uh -huh. they don't like the guests. Like, boy, did I get a lot of angry emails about having on uh, who was that? Um, Tucker Max. Um, Why? What was the feedback? Have you read any Tucker Max's books? N no. Okay. No. Yeah. Tell me. Um, I hope they serve beer in hell and assholes finish first are some of his titles. And, um, he didn't go over well with an educational audience, but ironically enough, he was a great guest because he's much different now. And he had a lot to talk about in education. He homeschools his kids. Um, but, uh, the best compliment I've had in a while, somebody wrote me, he's like, and by the way, not my words. And I would never compare myself because I kind of dig the guy, but uh, it will, here lately but somebody says you know it's kind of like you're the joe rogan of educational podcast dude I, I i love joe rogan if you could time travel and tell yourself five years ago that joe rogan might be the most balanced voice in america and no you know what because <laughs> first of all so i listened to i listen to his stuff Every, every, well, I don't know. I get, I'm not into the MMA thing. So it's hard for me to like listen to his episodes that are about, um, you know, yeah. like the fighting. Right. But his, but his interviews, you know, the thing that I like about, about him is he lets people talk and then he does like, I don't know, he, he knows the right questions to ask. Now I now talk about hate mail. I'm also a huge Howard Stern fan. I like the long form interview. I like when yes. people can like, dive deep yes be themselves and um i don't know it's like where can you like listen to you know the dude from blink 182 one night and then like a navy seal the next night and then a politician the next night i don't know it's good yeah well and by the way he's made these navy seals 
household names showing For the sure. power this guy has. I yep. mean, seriously, who is David Goggins and yep. who is Jocko Wilnick? And quite yep. honestly, who is Jordan Peterson yep. before yep. Joe? So it's, yep. you know, what's really professional having a podcast, you're trying to grow and talking about it. Some other man's podcast. <laughs> yeah. You always want to promote other, Absolutely. anything else. Yeah. For Absolutely. Sure. So Joe, if you're listening, I love you, man. No. Um, Although I do find it interesting that all of a sudden he's the intellectual dark web. I have never heard a podcast where a guy that's pretty darn liberal has on conservatives and says, you know what? I don't agree with that, but I see your point. I, like it's not done anymore. And, and well, there it's, it's sanity. You know, it's like, it's like there's not everyone has to be pinned to either side of the political spectrum. You can, you can people I mean, talk about what, what we can be doing in education to, to help kids is it's okay for people to disagree. It doesn't mean that they're horrible people. They just Shocking. don't agree. Right? Yeah. It's pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward. You know? Right. So maybe that was fresh in my mind that we're literally starting a podcast like a phone conversation. And, and again, for, you know what, maybe if I could ask permission for the person that sent me that email, I'd read their name on air, but, uh, but here we are. I guess I kind of started off by saying you're the COO of Otis and some like full disclosure, my audience is somewhat teacher. Um, also a part 25 year old startup enthusiast. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so I, you know, and that's one of the reasons why you're on today. So you came recommended uh, from a mutual friend. Uh-huh. A, he's like, you know, there's this guy, he's our COO and you guys would just riff. And I'm like, cause that's honestly what I have like, I don't like stiff conversations. I like conversations. <laughs> right, so we're going to get into some side stories, but let's get the corporate side yeah. out there as well. When I said you're the COO of Otis, some people are familiar because they're in the ed tech scene. Some are not. So tell me about Otis. We're a, uh, Otis is a, it's a teacher efficiency platform. Um, essentially, you think about in schools, the number of different technology tools that teachers are using. Um, none of them talk to one another. None of the information that you learn about a kid from this app is known by any other app. And instead of being like the connective tissue, trying to get different apps to play with one another so you see a holistic profile of, of a student, we're just the one platform. So it's, you know, we've replicated a lot of one-off tools that exist and just built them into Otis we look at what teacher tasks, what, what teachers are being uh, tasked with each day, you know, whether it's texting a parent to say, hey, you know, bring an umbrella on tomorrow's field, tri- on tomorrow's field trip because it's going to rain. Or if it's, you know, hey, this is the uh, assessment we're doing today. It's getting all the tools that teachers use that are typically disconnected into one spot, helping them be more efficient. Because our view is if we can get kids' faces out of laptops and teachers' faces out of laptops during the school day, help them be more efficient by putting everything in one place, then the human relationships uh, can be stronger. So we're maybe the un-ed tech company. So we are, yeah, we're a software company, but I don't know. I think the best learning happens face-to-face, person-to-person. We've had plenty of podcasts on that, man. I agree. I think... uh... I get myself in trouble for saying this because some of these places I visited, like he's talking about us, but I've been to some schools and they're like, we are very innovative. I'm like, why is that? And like, well, we take screenshots of our worksheets and then digitize them. <laughs> well, and it's like, Woo! you know, 
I was talking my wife who uh, she and I met when we were, you know, long story. We were both put on the, the same committee at a school district together. And then I ultimately became the principal of her school building. Um, so that, that, that was, that was enough drama for, uh, for, for, for several weeks in the school. But I was talking to her and she's like, uh, you know, this, the Sammer model, they need to, she was, she was at a school and she's like, they need to add an R for ruined, like technology has ruined what would have been a very innovative and good lesson. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I, I like ed tech tools as long as you know, it's a tool. Ironically enough, our mutual friend, no app for pedagogy, Mr. Eric Padden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Boy, you get him fired up. He'll talk about that. So no, I, I dig your guys approach. Now tell me then the transformation of being in education and being an operating officer. That's yeah, that's worlds. That's yeah, man. I'm actually really interested in this. Well, so making the cross. Yeah, you totally. Yeah. You're, you're going to be, you're going to be feeling it. So the reality is like, you know, I don't have an MBA. I didn't go to any sort of um, formal business school or anything. My path out of working in schools was, was, was kind of similar to what yours, what yours is. Um, My friend, I was in a band like a rock band. That's, um, the, uh, by the way, that's called a tease, people. There's going to be a really cool story coming up. But go ahead. There's going to be a cool story coming up. Um, we, uh, the drummer of my band, who I grew up with from junior high, he invented that product, AppleTrack, that people use to apply for jobs, like everywhere in the country, um, including in Noblesville. Um, he said, hey, I'm doing the school thing. You're doing the school thing. Will you come? You should come work. Let's team up. You know, you can, I know the software stuff, you know, the school stuff and let's, let's expand this company. And so that's what I did. So that's what got me out. Um, not got me out in a bad way. I loved my job, but it's what got me in a new direction. So a lot of what, what I, what I learned as far as being a chief operating officer of, um, of that company or at Otis, uh, a lot of this, a lot of the skills that, that I am applying here, I learned when I was a third grade teacher. Um, multitasking, people management, um, communicating with various stakeholders. I mean, if you're not doing a a large part of being a good teacher is the sales and marketing aspect of your classroom. Um, I am so glad you said that. So here's, here's a story that I'm almost embarrassed to tell bit. uh, Although heck, I mean, I I fall on my face with, I'm like Chumbawamba. I may not get knocked down but I get up again I <laughs> tried to become so I love financial planning and uh I when I was a middle school teacher would actually work with teachers and like hey let me see how balanced your portfolio is or do you know what a 529 plan is did you know that in our state you get a 20 percent tax rebate if you contribute to I, I love that stuff so huh. we had a friend of mine a family friend said, uh, man, you really need to be in financial planning. You need to work for our brokerage firm. And I'm like, I don't know. And so finally he convinced me. Um, and I left teaching. Uh, and like, I remember that last day of school that year was May 27th, May 28th. I went to work for this company right about five days before the complete financial meltdown of 2008. <laughs> and um, in my illustrious, which by the way, the long story made short, they end up, things end up very bad and that people that had been there less than two years were, anyway. So my my career in that industry lasted a month and a half. Boy, was that bad timing. But 
I learned one thing. Teachers kick ass. Yeah. And they're like, you know, well, you know, you might, ha- you know, you're working on 30 clients you might have to manage. I'm like, dude, 30. Yeah. Please. Yeah. You're like, okay. I just got, I just got done managing 187 kids. That's Get on thing. my level. <laughs> I know. Well, that's what I met IEPs and for yep. this. And I'm like, come on, which is scary. Cause I, like, I, I love teaching and I'm, it's going to be weird for me to leave. But like, if more teachers really knew how completely BA they would be in other areas, there's no looking back. I tell you, they know, can multitask like a, yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is, you know, with all Google analytics, all these different ways that companies like, like mine, um, can track website visitors and all that. One of the most frequently searched terms that gets people to our website. And I have no idea why is, Teacher working in business. It's like people that are looking for opportunities, you know, like they have the teacher skill set or they have the administrator skill set, and they're wondering where that can be applied and what other industry. Um, Fascinating to me. And if you talk to teachers, the confidence a lot of times isn't there. It's like, well, what else can I do? Oh, it's like, you know, it's like, and that's because we believe the browbeating we get by the, yeah, which full disclosure, this is why it's ironic. We, before we press record, which is why I like people like, are you on Twitter at all anymore? I've backed off because it's been kind of negative and political, but I will Mm -hmm. say this, the, the teachers that get the showcase of like, yeah, I'm a badass deal with it. I think has been the saving grace of some teachers because we believed this narrative like, well, I'm only a teacher. Yep. And a lot of people now are starting to look at the skill sets of teachers and lure them away from education. And I hate it because we need you, but Mm -hmm. you're right with all like that whole false narrative of like, you're just a teacher. People start realizing otherwise and get recruited and then we lose some of our best and brightest. Um, The, uh, I remember, so I think my, so my, you know, school contracts, at least you know, so I was a principal, but that's, that's what, that was the last job I had in, in, in schools. So I think June 30th was a, was a literally a, a Thursday. And so on July 1st, I was at my, my first like non-school job ever. And, and I remember walking in and like, it was just quiet. And then I remember sitting down and everyone was just talking. And then I remember like people were like using swear words. And, and then everyone went to lunch, but it was like just some random time. And I remember getting in my car at the end of the day, feeling like I didn't go to work. I'm like, this isn't a job. It's like, like I, when you're a teacher, you leave and you're like, your, your legs are like, just like, you know, um, they're just like, like a sore in your voice and you're, you're just exhausted. And and I was like eight and five minutes. You, yeah. I was like, I was like, man, this, this, this would be pretty doable, you know? Um, you just go to work and then you go home. Now, of course, I, I learned quickly. There's there are other stressors, um, but the reality is the the skill set that you learn as a as a teacher uh, or as an administrator, those are pretty applicable, you know, in any other industry. I would argue. Yeah, well, I enjoy hearing that. I mean, I I, um, I think one of the things that your answer that I liked was is that you didn't have an MBA, didn't have formal training. Um, and I think like Malcolm Gladwell would point out, it's exactly what made you dangerous and probably ask, I'm using this in a loving way, the stupid questions. Like, For sure. Like, how, yeah, do you yeah, operate, yeah. how do you operate a company? Um, yeah. That's why I loved hearing that because 
you know, as you know, I'm, 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 I'm running a, a nonprofit um, and a large one at that all of a sudden. And so now we're like, okay, Don, you're the CEO. And I'm like, okay. You know what you got to do, dude, is uh, when you start hearing acronyms that you don't know, ask <laughs> Because I mean, that's like, like, that's like the, that's my life, you know, especially as I sit near a bunch of developers. Um, I like asking whoever I'm talking to, like, so tell me what that means. And and then you'll hear responses like, I don't don't know what it stands for. I don't know. I don't want the acronym, (laughs) but but here's what it means, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You got to, you got to ask. I like that. Ask, ask the dumb questions, you know? Yeah. And you'll notice that it will lower the guard of people around you. You know, and help them feel absolutely. comfortable saying, yeah. all right, you know what? It's okay for me not to know everything. Right. It's, it's not okay for you not to learn or not to find out the answer, but it's okay not to know right now. I think that's also the thing I look forward to is that the whole foundation, uh, nonprofits built around my former classroom teaching days. We're trying to bring innovation to students because by and large schools aren't changing. So in a lot of ways I feel incredibly confident, but government regulations and Gantt charts and making sure budgets are held and uh, stuff like, Oh my gosh. But you know what we call, we, we say that we like lifelong learning. So daggone it, I'm up for it. But when Eric was saying like, Hey, you need you know, talk to Keith, you know, from you know, principal to, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's be a COO. So I, I love those insights. There's a lot, but there, but that being said, there's going to, there'll be a point when you also, you start, you will miss, you know, working in the school. Cause I do like, I, I, I don't, I tell my wife, like maybe something's wrong with me. I, I need to get some medication or something. I will have dreams that I'm back teaching third grade, you know, where it's like, we're like, I'm, I'm yearning to, to be back in the classroom teaching, you know, cause um, to this day, although I've liked, I've, I've enjoyed every role I've had that really to me was, is the best job. You know, teaching is, is a, is a great job. Now it's easy for me to say, I haven't done it in 10 years. And, and I know that the world of education is uh, 10 years. I haven't done it in 20 years. Um, the world of education has changed. Um, but you'll find yourself missing missing that, you yeah. know. Oh, I'll be a mess. Missing a lot of it. I'll be a mess. And, like, and, and my, my, own, my own kids, that you know, my children, they're like, you okay, Dad? So, yeah. But, I'm, it, but you know what's interesting is, adventure. is uh, last, I think it was like, it's like a, literally a year ago, um, we hired one of one of my third graders who like grew up to be a developer. <laughs> so it's like, I, I was, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe uh, like a Mr. year. And a, it's weird. It's weird. Maybe a year and a half ago. Um, one of, a, one of the people that works here, he, uh, I get a message or no, my student, this, this guy, Samuel, he sends me a message on LinkedIn. He's like, Hey, one of my friends is looking, you know, he worked in ed tech. He went to Northwestern. He w- was out in the Bay area and he's moving back to Chicago and wants to work in ed tech. And, and so he's, he's like, I saw that you guys are looking for a developer. Well, we ended up hiring him. And then like five months later, um, this guy, David, he's like, Hey, so, you know, Samuel, my student is also interested. And so I hadn't seen him literally. So it was kind of unique because I was his third grade teacher. And then, then I became the principal of his school of his middle school. So he and I, you know, had, you know, quote unquote worked together for, for several years. And then uh, it was awesome, you know? So it's like, last time I see him, you know, he's this eighth grader who I still see as a nine-year-old. And then uh, he grew up to, to be this, he was like a developer for some, some de- department of defense contractor. And, uh, and yeah, he's, he's here in it, but, it, but it's, 
it's to me that's that's kind of the rewarding stuff you know you get older and you're in these kids that you're working with grow up to do awesome things absolutely um you know no my co-founder is 21 yeah (laughs) and matter of fact i love this story um four years ago i had a small stroke and Mm. uh yeah scared me Matter of that fact, would, I had it. I had it walking into school, and also I showed some, uh, some, uh, and I couldn't talk, and so it scared some of the kids. And you know, of course, finally, yeah. then so I talked to the doctor, and he's like, "Man, you're stressed." I'm like, "I'm the happiest guy I know." And they're like, "No, no, you're stressed. You're doing too much." And came down to it that I was I lived too far away. I was driving too far from work, and then I also got on a plane every other weekend um, for presentation stuff. And that's when Hunter came up to me and like, he was concerned for me. And he says, um, Wetrick, I can help. You kind of got a 1990s business model there, bud. Um, You're going to one school at a time or one conference at a time. How about you digitize your content there, big guy? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, I'll help you. And I was like, that's awesome. So he graduates. I mean, like it wasn't the next day, but you know, a year later, all of a sudden he's like, Hey, I want to help. And, um, yeah, he helped me grow things, and then uh, he's, my, he's our co-founder of the foundation. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So, what's the plan? Are you going to be on the road? I mean, I imagine. Um, right? Yes and no, in the sense that you know we're we're setting up ecosystems, and and um, you know the the thing that we did that that really got the most attention, we'd have these. Uh, in a, you know, like impact nights, right? So, uh-huh. so essentially, what we do is we we have a reverse pitch by a nonprofit. So uh, first thing we do is, you know, high school kids from hopefully three or four different schools, they come, they don't pay anything. We actually feed them for free and Mm -hmm. um, they get to know one another. And then boom, um, like last, last week's, it was, um, it was a family homeless shelter, Uh, no singles, had to be family. And they said, okay, here's our problem. And, you know, part of it was an awareness campaign. Part of it was a money thing. And they're like, okay, help us. So they made a 10-minute slide deck, right? And so mm-hmm. the kids get into teams of about 7 to 10. They go off to different rooms. By the way, here's the gold standard. They brainstorm and talk to one another. Huh. Like what do you know? Actual face-to-face. Really? Like so they're is, talking. Yeah. They're, and this is when parents show up. They're like, what the heck is going on? And the kid, and, and they have 35 minutes to come up with a three-minute pitch. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the night um, – the, the nonprofit says, I like that idea the best. And we give them $500 and say, go implement that solution if you need their help here. And a lot of times the kids will bring cards. So sometimes the kids are on a voluntary basis hired. Um, mm-hmm. So, but like, we raise money to give away to other charities. That's really and, cool. And at worst case scenario, you had 50 to 60 kids with eyeballs on a problem and they're going to help that nonprofit. So yeah, I love it. Essentially, we've grown that to five cities. We're growing out even more. Um, now we're growing outside of Indiana. So yeah, there's going to be a little bit of travel involved. But what I really want to do is, you know, run the HQ from here. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, now that we're signing on more cities, we're finding, I guess, wow, now you've turned the tables. I mean, you're interviewing me. But like, you know, people that are interested in like, I want this for my town. Awesome. Call us. Now, the onboarding process is like, you know, digitize, like growing things digital, man, that's easy. Finding community champions and vetting them and getting through all that process has been the challenge, but it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful challenge. I like it. 
And so do you, and you're, you're reaching out to, you go, so what's the, so you land in the city and then how are you getting the connections into like these young people who are going to take on these problems? So that, thank you. You know what? I couldn't have planned the scene better. You're actually really helping me. Uh, one, cause I'm thinking in my head, the right answer. And two, I just want to be transparent, but uh, like a, a part of the, part of the, best thing is is that I've been a very transparent teacher and so we have a decent I hate to say audience because that makes it sound cheap but like we have a decent network of teachers that are like dude this is cool how can I help Mm -hmm. but that's been the nice thing the cities we've expanded to there's been that teacher or quite frankly we're kind of well thought of in the homeschool community and the entrepreneurial community like like Mm, I'd say two thirds of our audience, at least they're entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial. So sometimes it's moms or dads, but a lot of times it's also teachers. And so they're like, Hey, we want to do this. Well, technically we work, we partner up with a lot of times with either tech hubs. So like really cool tech companies, cause they have yep. the whiteboards and the space for these kids to come. And then mm-hmm. our, our favorite destination is um, uh, co-working spaces. Cause they know sure. that these 17, 18 year olds are clients in about three years. Yep. Um, so essentially we're, we're starting offices in other cities because yeah. we also want, uh, like right now it had like, again, we're very much getting off the ground, but we want to start it up representative also there during the day, because some of these kids are homeschooled and some, some of the kids can get out of high school for an internship. So if some kid really is working on something amazing and he needs some mentorship, come into the started up center and we'll help you out. Right. Uh, which, and that's our final thing we do is we have a, we have a growing pot of money that we invest in high school entrepreneurs, 0% equity, 0% loan. Now, if you're successful, we would like our money back. If you yep. lose it all, we didn't do a good enough job. The only thing that we ask is if you're successful in three years, you're now 20, go help that 17 year old that you were three years yep. ago. So, it's really doing. cool. And, and uh, well, you know, it's, it's a, it's a pretty important kind of concept. Uh, and Indiana. So what's in it for Indiana? Like the partnership with the state? Um, well, they help us get started. I mean, mind you, they're like, it was here's like anybody else that say we want to help something get started. But ultimately what their plan is, like a lot of other states is, please don't move to California. Got it. I mean, like, and the thing I love is, is that it, like, I, I'm proud of my state. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to play mm-hmm. for the home team here. But like, they have gotten really aggressive on wanting to fund and help entrepreneurs. So they're trying to set like the pipeline, which everybody's complaining about. So if I can catch them when they're 17 years old, they may have a startup idea. It may not work, but they're starting to think like that. Yep. They're going to be really dangerous when they're 23. The only thing is we're like, Hey, you could go to this Silicon Valley city and pay $2,800 a month and rent for a studio apartment. Yep. Or you could start your tech startup here in Indianapolis or Fort Wayne or Evansville or Bloomington or Lafayette whatever at fraction of the cost and daggone it. We love you. So I think that was part of it. You know, it's economic growth. It's economic growth at the high school level. And I, I'm not blowing smoke up there. You know, like I am flattered that they had the foresight to see that the pipeline of talent is high school students. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. And, you know, being a guy, so my, all my experience was K eight. Um, you know, in the, the pipeline to what you're doing is those kids. And, um, you know, it was always interesting to me when, you know, I have a class of eight and nine year olds 
they can solve many of the world's problems Absolutely. in their conversations. You know what I'm saying? Yes. The questions they ask, and I think about my kid, you know, my my own kids right now, uh, about a fourth grader and a seventh grader, they're asking questions that adults don't ask. And yep. and if more adults asked the questions in the way they asked them and didn't have the bias, they have no bias, right. uh, no bias or anything. Uh, you know, problems can be solved by by much younger kids than I think we give credit for. Oh. Uh- so not we, slogan, not you and I, like, right. We. No, no. Like I, I think innovation, like, look, everybody knows the statistics. Kids stop liking school by third grade and mm-hmm. no shocker. That's when most states start their standardized testing. But um, the innovation pipeline does start at third grade. Like mm-hmm. I, I have noticed that the teachers that really support innovation time, genius hour, 20% time, whatever you want to call it, those kids, it's like, it's now instinctual. They ask questions. They want to prototype. They want to iterate. They, they 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 want to do all these things that we talk about buzzy buzz terms, but they do. And so by the time they are in high school, they really do have an idea for a startup. Right. And I think that's so. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting here bragging that the talent of pipeline is in high school, but you're right. Talent of pipeline starts, in my humble opinion, in third. And you know, and they're going on YouTube and they're learning how to program. Uh-huh. And so by, by the time they're 18 and they've been dicking around since they're eight years old creating stuff. They they back to Malcolm Gladwell. They've got the ten thousand hours of practice, you better and so it. you have this kid who's eighteen who is an expert in what they're doing and has not. They've not been told what to do. It's all been self driven and self motivated. They've you've got like amazing problem solvers, people who are who are willing to break rules because there really are none. No one's telling them what to do. Uh, and, and, you know, generally speaking, they're doing it outside of school hours, you know, so they, yeah. so they have the freedom to do it. Absolutely. No, I love that. No, you're absolutely right. And, and those are, I tell you what, I'll, uh, this is my last rant I'll go on. I swear to God, if I go to one more conference, educational conference, and they'll go, you know, most of the jobs that our kids in grade school will inhabit don't even exist yet. And I'm like, who in the living hell do you think is going to invent those jobs? Right. It's going to be the kids that have the freedom and have the flexibility and aren't told to sit down and memorize the SAT. Yep. And uh, right. I like, I just, I, I, I agree. The jobs of the future haven't been invented yet. Please allow time for them to start thinking about inventing new, anyway, rant over. Well, you know, the other thing, um, and then on the other side of the spectrum, I've recently been really getting interested in, in trade schools and, and, you know, yes. where you're 18 or whatever it is. And I don't want to go to college and I don't want a four year degree. And, and no for many kids, I don't want to be settled at, right. It's like, we're, we're hiring, you know, so a lot of the, the developer developers that we have here are career changers. So they, they were doing whatever it was. And then they go to like a, a code boot camp for way less than it costs for a four year degree. And there, and you make a great living. And so I'm telling my son who, I mean, step one, we got to get him to college if that's what he wants to do. Uh, step two, we'll figure out how to pay for it. But I'm thinking if you, if you really want to fast track, you know, your, your income, your, you have no debt. Uh, I love these trade schools or vocational programs, yes. you know? Yep. Well, and, and, and I just, I hate it when they get the, oh, that's too bad. You know, that, <laughs> that guy's bad. like, oh, where are you going uh, next year? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a journeyman electrician. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know what? 
which by the way, thank you, Mike Rowe, for being the first, I think, real strong voice and saying, hey, awesome. You're what you're doing is saving America. But anyway, I digress. You know, do you uh wait, is is his he a big champion of that? Mike Rowe? Dirty yeah. Jobs? Oh my god. Oh, well, Dirty Jobs is the best, for yeah. sure. No, no, I mean, like, sure. like he has been oh his Facebook is almost dedicated to kind of making education rethink itself and he was he uh, i i think was the first wave of um you might want to start th- rethinking the roi of college interesting and um i don't get me wrong i think that uh, sir ken is cool and you know i like mm-hmm. that ted talk too but in my humble opinion mike Rowe um really got at the dollars and cents of it and i yeah i dig him or the other path, I think post, you know, K-12 path it, being military, where, you know, at least where I grew up, I don't think we had a lot of a lot of kids that went into the, into the military. But if you think about, you know, just work habits and, um, and life skills and then practical job training skills, I mean, it seems like such a great off option, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. just these non- I don't know the 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 whole like college readiness thing. I appreciate. I, I obviously, obviously, the education is the key to 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 uh, to future success. But education doesn't have to be the same. Well, there's, there's a lot of ways to educate yourself. Well, there's a difference between education and academia. There you go. Exactly right. Yeah. So um, this was promised that this was going to be a fun conversation. And daggone it, it has. But I'm, I, I saved the best for last. Um, I've, I've been told that you don't have the moves like Jagger, but you do have some interesting stories about. Well, that's what I was going to tell you. You said you wanted a story, so I'll leave you with this. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, dude, I, I'm six foot six and I'm overweight. I have no moves. Um, but I gained, I gained, I literally, I mean, talk about stress. You're uh, six, pressure. six? Yeah. What the, did you play the bass or something? I did play the bass. Okay. Okay. This all makes sense now. But, but in high school, I, uh, I, in high school, I was in like the, like the band band, like the concert band. Um, so I'll let you guess what I played. The stand up bass. Cause you're six, six. No, no. So the band, you know, you march around. Oh, oh, oh. The band is in marching band. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Tuba. It's yeah, dude, I played the tuba. Yeah, okay. I played. Okay. Yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's very easy, you know. And not, not, not a lot of surprise with me. Um, but so, uh, so no, no, no. I'm really tall. Um, I'm a lot bigger than I was. But back in the day, uh, so when I was in a band, there was a there was a point in time we're playing at the place called the Double Door, which is a was a rock venue here in Chicago. Um, and there's this dude that's that's there, and he's like, so I'm new to my label, and I'm able to sign. Uh, one band this year and I'm, I'm looking at you guys, but I'm also interested in, uh, or he goes, I also, I also really want to sign this band out of Los Angeles. And I'm like, well, who are they? He's like, you've never heard of them. So this is, this is the year 2000. He's like, they're called Maroon 5. I'm like, okay, what are they about? He's like, they have a really great singer and just good kind of great music. And so the long story short here, Don, is uh, if things had worked out differently that night, Adam Levine would be the COO of Otis and he'd be here. On this and podcast. you'd be at the Super Bowl without a t-shirt on. Yes. And now we know, uh, talk about um, wardrobe malfunction uh, and having people write hate emails in. If I was at the Super Bowl halftime show with no t-shirt on, <laughs> it would shut down Gmail servers. 
I mean, as long as, yeah, I'm not going to go down that road. Um, well, A, that's a great story. That's hilarious. Uh, maybe I should ask this off air, but I'll just do it on air. We're basically the same age. At any point, did you cross paths with Billy Corgan? So, dude, Billy Corgan lives in the town where I live. Okay. I'm going to fanboy out later. He's one of my white whales. So, he, do you know? He's among the most intelligent interviews. A guy's smart. Now, he's sometimes too smart for his own good, and he can come across. Anyway. So, yeah. my, top, my top favorite bands, Guns N' Roses. And they're not in any order. Guns N' Ro- Guns and Roses, Beach Boys, Pumpkins. Right there, I mean, I I could I could deep dive on the Smashing Pumpkins with you, and Billy Corgan solo, even his solo stuff. Okay, I could deep. so Future and Brayson's one, you okay. dude. I All mean, right. the so Bee Gees we, cover. When I mean, we when we press stop on on this we'll, podcast, we'll talk about the we pumpkins. Shall, we shall have this conversation. But dude, I see. I'll see. I'll like be sitting at a stoplight, and I'll look over, and I'll be like, "Oh, there's Billy Corgan. He's just going to Target." yeah I, I i don't i will not go up to him because i've seen him around and i'm i refuse to go up to him because i have heard that well first of all i don't want to be that guy pleasant. he's yeah. probably not pleasant but but you know who wouldn't be I, who i i don't want people talking to me a lot either yeah. well you it's know? funny it's funny you said that it, what the beach boys i'm I, pet sounds is an amazing album and for sure uh, but uh, yeah, GNR and uh, Pumpkins. I was on a steady diet of that, and then Prince. Uh, but of like, course, I mean, I mean, Prince has passed. But it's like funny because all the people that I really wanted to interview, like when I was younger, I realized that they were all not pleasant people, and they'd be the worst interviews. I don't think there was a more cantankerous person than Axel. Prince just didn't do interviews, and he was just sassy as heck. And then, uh, uh, yeah, then there's then there's Billy, and he doesn't seem to be overly cordial. So, final story before you and they'll hit stop. Uh, <laughs> I two years ago, I'm on a flight from Chicago to Nashville to go to like do a demo, um, meet with a school district. So, just very conservative, you know, business guy going to meet a school district. I'm getting on the airplane and I walk through the front class, uh, uh, first class section, and Rick Nielsen from Cheap Trick is sitting right there. No, and I and I look at him, I'm like. I'm a huge fan of yours. And he goes, I'm a huge fan of yours. And uh, I'm like, ha ha ha. He gives me a pick. Okay. So I'm like, all right, this is so cool. Well, dude, we take off like right after we take off, we level off. He goes and uses the bathroom. He comes and sat next to me the rest of the flight. Just, just talking. Just like, so what do you do? Yeah. Where do you live? Just like a totally cool dude. Did at any point when you just want to say like something like, yeah, my mom is all right. My daddy's all right. They're just, no, I don't know. <laughs> the punt. That's a good one. We got to leave it at that, dude. You got to leave people laughing. That was a good job. There you go. Just like Thanks, man. George Costanza, we're out of here. Thank you, good. Keith, for joining yeah, us. Yeah, nice meeting him. Once again, Keith Westerman, COO of Otis. You want to check out their stuff, please do. Keith, tell us where to find stuff, where to find you, where to find Otis, all the particulars before we close out. Otis.com. I'm on o- Twitter. O-T. U-S. Good point. Yeah, good point. O-T-U-S. Yeah, not the elevator. O-T-U-S. Uh, at Keith Westman on Twitter. And I don't know. I'm a, you just look up. You go to, a, go to a conference, look up. I'm the 6-6 big guy. There, there it is. So if you guys are in education, check them out. If you haven't, if you have heard this kind of authentic conversations with a COO in your lifetime, 
let me know. <laughs> I'll I'll challenge you on it. But this is the thing I like. I know exactly two people at the top end uh, there at Otis, and this is exactly what I got on both times. So I think <laughs> I think big of you guys in the fact that you guys are into powering teachers, and you're not necessarily um, you're you're learner centric first, and so. I'm not saying this to do the corporate part, right? I'm saying this out of sincerity. And and I think this conversation, while fun, also demonstrates a lot of how you guys think and then and then you know how you guys operate, which I dig. So thank oh, you so much, Keith, for being on the show. Thanks for having me, dude. I appreciate it.